Sanders Snitker, Libertarian, Republican, and Political Hack, and Adrian Wiley, Born Again Anarchist and Political Has Been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend. Mr. Adrian, Chairman of the Building Materials, Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee, the West Central Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, and also somebody that does a great chong of Local Chapter 151. As a matter of fact, you are now anointed as the official uh, chong impersonator of the chapter, so congratulations to that. <laughs> Wiley, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'm a, a, a Chong in, impersonator. No, go but, ahead and do it real quick. Or a, a uh, wait, no, that's you said Tommy Chong. I'm uh, Cheech Marin. No, no, but you do a Chong better. Oh, than a, than oh, a, yeah, I was doing the uh, yeah because yeah. we were doing the. Uh, hey, it's me, Dave. I'm here. Dave's not here, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, okay, that was random. What's going on? You not are you are quite happy today. Well, here's the thing. It's not that I'm actually happy today. Yeah. However, what I needed to do is, because I was talking to Ray Ray last night as we were drinking. Right. And I explained, Ray Ray said that you do better radio when I don't annoy you first. Right. So I should try to not annoy you first, which... I think for the most part, I like eighty five percent succeeded, but because <laughs> but because I was I was I think you were slightly annoyed by me this yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. But you also couldn't be mad because you don't think I was doing it on purpose. Like it wasn't well, no, like I, I wasn't intentionally trying okay, to get you there. Well, well, first of all, let me let me explain. Alex uh, today, instead of screwing with me like he normally does every morning, um, was just being overtly nice, and it was the the syrupy fake. Alex nice you know was the 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 salesman Alex you know type of thing yeah and so I knew he was doing it for a reason there there was no sincerity behind it and uh, but I have to say that's it it was still probably better than just screwing with me you know what I'm saying than than trying to needle me so I need to find a happy medium is what you're saying though like I went too far I need to back it off just a little bit yeah yeah maybe you should stop trying to control my emotions (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Maybe that should be your game plan. You know? I wouldn't say control. I would say manipulate would be a better word than control. You knew when you married me that you couldn't change me, okay? <laughs> he'll, he'll change. I love him, but he'll change for me. I will I will continue to be, batter and beat you. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> Just no, no, no getting around no, it. No winning. No yeah. winning with that. And it's your fault. And it's my fault. That's too. right. Damn yeah, it. you shouldn't have made me mad. Oh shit! I need to talk to Danielle. I need a counselor. Yeah. So anyway, but no, I have to say it was a, a slightly more pleasant. Uh, uh, you being uh, syrupy sweet than uh, you know you intentionally uh, trying to to piss me off. So yeah, but I will say this though is that when I t- was talking to Ray Ray because the other thing I was like, oh, you know, I found a good intro for the second hour of the show, and and then I was like, oh yeah, but Adrian is never going to play it. He's like, well, why wouldn't he ever play it? I'm like, just because he doesn't fucking play it. He's like, well, if you're nice to him, maybe he will play it. Yeah, And no. so, and I knew that this was a losing cause right off the bat. I knew this was a very much of a Don Quixote moment. Right. But I still decided to work through it just to make sure 
that I wasn't just um, thinking of it. And also to, to show Ray that, you know, you truly are an asshole. Yeah, and Ray, uh, one thing uh, you need to know about me is uh, platitudes never work. <laughs> yes, on me. they do the opposite. Yeah, in a lot of cases they do. Yeah, so uh, no, we're not playing Volt Beat for the second hour. Oh, it's so a, good, it's, it's, it's just a new one. Happening. It's a new one. Yeah, yeah. I actually listened to it and I liked it. And but you're still not still play not playing it. it. Yeah, it's just a rule here. I, I told you that it's yeah. like, it's been a rule for like 150 shows now. Yeah, it's you been, know, well, whatever. we're not anywhere near 150. All right, shows. at least 100. 100. Yeah, yeah it's probably. So, I go we're not playing Volt Beat. All right then. So. Um, okay, now up here you have the one story when a clock isn't. Okay, all right. So, of course, this past weekend was daylight savings time, right? Yes. We had to fall back and set the clocks back, and I hate this time of year. you know. And, and you know, we passed a law in this state here in Florida saying we were going to stay on daylight savings time year-round. Yeah. Law passed, governor signed it, and it, they never implemented it because I guess the federal government you know, fought them on it and all that. But well, yeah. Rubio I, was supposed to get it done, but that's another failed promise from the Rubster. Well, I, th- I think he's still working on it, actually, so... Maybe he'll pull that he gets one off. no credit. Yeah, no. I, I, yeah, he's useless human being. Um, but anyway, so uh, my wife tried to set the clock back, and I think in doing so, she stripped the gears and the motor. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I, I take the clock off the wall, and this is this is the clock in the, the kitchen. It's like, you know, the, the main clock, the one we all, you know, check. So I take it down. I take the uh, hands off, take the motor out, you know, go on Amazon, order a new motor kit and all that, and, and uh, you know, leave it on the dining room table waiting on the motor get up the next morning and uh, i'm walking into the kitchen and the clock is on the wall but the clock has no hands and i looked up at that thing because it's it's subconscious you know you're walking through the kitchen you're walk, you yeah. you look up at the clock and i stopped dead in my tracks and i have to say it was like in my head the theme from the omen was playing you know what i'm saying it was like tubular bells and o fortuna all at once that was actually a very, very disturbing experience, seeing that clock on the wall with no hands. It was like an existential crisis for me. You know, it was not only as if I didn't, couldn't tell the time. It was as time ceased to exist. It was the strangest thing. And so I'm walking by this clock like 20 times a day, right? Yeah. And every time, I, I never realized before how much I look at that clock. You know, uh, but it, it really it paces my life essentially. That this is clock my, fucking owns you. The, the, it, well, it is my grounding. You point. are this clock's bitch. And every time I looked at the the black face of that clock with no hands, it was just a very creepy experience. It's like staring at a, so I, staring I, at a shark, right? I brought it up no to eyes. my wife, and she said yes, and she felt the exact same way. It's a very strange thing. So. I have to say, I was so happy when that package finally arrived. I could put the hands back in the clock because for like three or four days, my world was completely turned upside down Damn. by a clock with no hands. It was, and I'm, not, I'm not doing this as a bit either. I can't even describe to you how disturbing it was to look at that clock by the third day. Did you ever find out who put it back up on the wall? My wife did. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I didn't take it down, and I don't know why I didn't take it down. But by the third day... I actually started hallucinating the hands on the clock. So in my mind... You could see him. Yes. In, in my mind, I had a general idea of what time it was. And when I looked at the clock, I could actually see the hands on the clock that weren't there. 
strangest freaking thing, man. Either either I do too many psychedelics back in the day, or I have some type of somebody you know, fucking microdosed you the other day, yeah, right? But it was maybe there was some residual stuff on the hands of the clocks. So when you took it down, it kind of like poisoned you. Okay, hang on a second. Do you have a clock in your house that is like your go-to clock? Like you look at it twenty times a day, type of thing? No, you don't. No, really? No. Oh, inside's like Vegas. Mm, you know, I I bet you do, and you just don't realize it. I, I really do. I bet you have a clock in your house. After you the look show. After all the, the show. See if you can go to the house and figure it out. And, and here's the thing. Well, i got to pick up a poker table anyway, so I will. Uh, but uh, take the hands off the clock and put it back on the wall. I'm telling and you. And see I, what kind of effect that has on I, people. No, no. I, I Well, there's one clock we used to have up that's a real big clock, but it's not up anymore right now. Yeah. we yeah. got to get it back up. I wouldn't mind getting it back up. As a matter of fact, we could make that a little bit of a mission. When we go back to the house, we'll figure out a spot for that the clock wall or the clock for the wall. And we'll put it up. Well, see, that won't work. It has to have been in place for a long time. Well, you know but we can start. But it's got to start sometime. Yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah, disturbing, disturbing yeah, experience. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just a very strange thing. Okay, so this wasn't going to be the first thing that we talked about here. However, after listening to it, and you know what? Look, a lot of times I just try to ignore stories like this because I just don't. I mean, I don't care. Right. But at the same time, when you hear something that comes out that's this bad, yeah, that you have to, it's it's got to be talked about here. Well, and not only is it this bad, but the reaction to it is so just absolutely wrong. And what we're talking about is this week, uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, did some type of, you know, I think it's a movie on Netflix. Yeah, it's a Netflix, you know, whatever documentary, opinion piece, whatever. But in it. He equates the NFL draft and NFL like training camps and things like that to slave auctions. Yes. And uh, we're going to go ahead and play the clip. And it, hold on. And it isn't one of those things. Again, when we watch the video, we'll do a little play-by-play. Right. But this isn't like you're stretching. He literally made it look just like Oh, that. yeah, yeah. So ha- hang on a second. What they don't want you to understand is what's being established is a power dynamic. Before they put you on the field, teams poke, prod, and examine you, searching for any defect that might affect your performance. So right now we're looking at a... No dignity left intact. So we're looking at some players on the field. They got their shirts off. And now they're walking into a separate room. And now it's transitioned into like an 1800s slave auction. And so now these NFL players are in chains and they're cutting back to shots of them, like, you know, being measured for reach and stuff like that. Yeah. Because measurements are racist. Well, you know, and I've been watching how the media reacted and it just goes on with this whole slave auction thing. They go. But, then they, but here's the thing, though, but they're so. switching video back and forth right. between, between the, the slave, slave auction. auction that, that there's no slave auction on video, by the way. So they just had to create this. Right. And <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, and, and, and going back between training camps. Yes. And, uh, you know, and the media is playing this up like, Oh, how insightful this is and and how, you know, um, thought provoking and everything like this. Fuck 
you, Colin Kaepernick. And listen, I liked Colin Kaepernick for what he was doing. I respected him for originally taking a knee during the anthem to uh, protest, uh, you know, police brutality against blacks. I, I get that. That that I thought was no problem. Never had any problem at all with him. But now, essentially, he's turned it into just something offensive. This is truly offensive because let, let's just go and walk through the comparison. So all those, uh, you know, uh, people who are in the NFL today, um, I guess that how they got to the NFL was, you know, they were just uh, playing in their neighborhood and living their lives. And someone came along and and, you know, uh captured them and raided their neighborhood and you know took them uh, to a faraway land and and put them in chains and and then you know whipped them and tortured them and forced them to work uh for nothing and barely fed them and stacked them and you know are you kidding me look colin kaepernick you've been dreaming of playing in the nfl probably since you were about five years old. You dreamed of it all through youth football. You dreamed of it all through high school football. You dreamed of it all through college. You were the one who put yourself in the NFL draft. And uh, you were the one who was thrilled when you got picked. You were the one who became one of the richest 1% in the world and in America uh, for playing a kid's game. How the hell, how dare you equate that to slavery? It's the most ridiculous. Oh, so you had to get a physical? Ooh. Like that's, that's you know, what they do when they They listen. wanted to know how high you could jump? You know, how, how far your reach was? How far you could throw a ball? Oh, my God. God forbid. Look, you know, you made millions of fucking dollars doing things that getting an opportunity that a million high school foot play, football players would kill for right now. Mm-hmm. And now you're equating it to slavery? I mean, just, and the media is just fawning all over this. It's, it, you know, this is so manufactured. And the problem is, is that if, if most people had an ounce of integrity, they would be calling this out for what total and utter, you know, offensive uh, bullshit this is. But they don't. They fall all, all over it because, oh, my God, we can't, you know, oh, <laughs> we, we can't say anything about that. You know, it's just mind-boggling to me. And I respected Colin Kaepernick for the stand that he took. And now it's just like, oh, not only are you playing the race card, you're playing the whole race deck. You know? I mean, just idiotic. Look, here's the thing. There are only, what, 32, 33 NFL teams. Right, 32. 32. Each one of those teams has a roster of 55 players at the end of it, right? Like it starts at like a 90 I think or 120 or 63 now yeah. or whatever. So they have to go. But they also have, you know, their their practice squads and, and you know, their injured reserves. So there's probably, for every team, uh, there's probably say, 100 the guys. Number? Let's say, what's the highest number you have? There's probably 100 guys okay, on an NFL team. Okay, let's go 100. Makes, yeah. it, makes so I have to do math easier. Makes math easier. Right. So that means that in the entire nation, only 3,200 people are going to be on an NFL roster in any given year. Or a practice squad, yeah. Or a practice squad. Which is still considered you know, a member of the team. Member of the team. Yeah. So at most, there's only going to be 3,200 people. And every year, they have a draft to get more people into this. Right. Now, if you are one of the lucky ones that make it to this point, 
What's the lowest salary that you'll get in the NFL? I think the NFL minimum is four hundred. No, it's it, yeah, it's four hundred thousand. I think. Yeah. That practice squad people probably get paid less, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. I'm sure. Yeah, they they probably make you know maybe 150, 200. I I, I don't know exactly. <laughs> I don't know the exact number, <laughs> but but it's it's it's, it's probably double or triple. Digit, it's the a six digit income. number. Yes. it's a six digit number for yeah. sure. All right, now these people, these these uh, owners are going to want to make sure that they have the best people that they can have. So they have a combine. And at that combine, you jump for time or you jump for height, you run for time, you lift stuff in order to figure out how much you can lift. Like they take all the stats on you and then they watch you play. And then from there, they'll make a decision as to who they're going to draft. And the difference in who they're going to draft and when you're going to get drafted will equate to millions of dollars. So there is a financial incentive for you as a player, well, and even to make it, by the way, because how many people are in the draft that don't even make it or go on practice squads or whatever, is that these guys want to make sure that they are, because they're going to about to give you, if you're good, they're going to give you millions of dollars. Right, and by the you way... You will be set for life. I looked it up. The NFL minimum for active roster is 660000 per year, which is... <laughs> a shit ton of money. And even the practice squad, it's $165,000 yeah. for the season. Look, now here's the thing. Your time that you're going to be able to play at the highest level on the average for a for an NFL player is is five years, six years, something like that. Is that the average? Right. Like Brady plays like 20 years, but he's an aberration. Right. So you, you're going to have five or six years where you're going to be able to, to play the game. That doesn't include sneaker deals. It doesn't include other kinds of – because even – look, even the lower players – that are on there get local deals like right. when it comes to marketing and yeah, advertising exactly. yeah. and using your likeness and they're shit. doing a local car dealership or something yeah, like yeah, that they're, so they're, so they're probably pulling in an extra you know 50 grand a year just on to make appearances and yeah. shit like that right. right to engage with the public and right shit like that now for those making videos comparing it to slavery you know yeah, that sort yeah, of thing well netflix is paying them a whole lot of money <laughs> right. Shit, right now here's the thing why is now that the to see who the best is and to see if they're gonna if, if there's gonna be anything wrong with you, how is that the equivalent of slavery? Because a you don't have to be there. No one's forcing you to join the NFL. Right. But if you want to voluntarily voluntarily associate with this league, then they want to find out how good you are right. because they only have so many slots available. Right now, currently. You could argue that African Americans represent a much larger percentage of the players within there, comparative to the population of the country. Yeah, I would. Pro if I had to put a number on it, I'd guess that the NFL is probably about sixty percent black. I don't know. Yeah, I, if I had to guess, I, I'd probably say it's there. It's 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 but, double the po if it's sixty percent, then it's 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 more it's well yeah it's more than double the actual population. Okay. Because you know, I think the American African so that's got to be racist. Population. Well, that's got to be racist then, right? No, it's not. Oh God, that's it. the I, thing. Now I get it. Now, now it makes sense. Now it's now I understand why it's slavery. <laughs> yeah, like hold on, because those people that are going to get drafted are going to make millions of dollars and could possibly, if you do it the right way, be set for life. Now, don't get me wrong. In exchange for that, you are going to be sacrificing. Um, depend, you know, you have the possibility of injury. You have the possibility of death. 
you have the possibility of long-term problems in the future because you are dedicating your body to this sport that you love though you love the sport yeah but it, that's that's no different than an electrician well you know here's or the thing. A, a plumber or uh you in know what certain, i'm saying in certain aspects yes and in certain aspects no because like you know certain injuries are are prone for football your you know your odds of concussion as an electrician go are tremendously lower than your odds of concussion as a as an nfl player goes uh, a concussion maybe yeah that yeah. just for one thing just right. to give you one example but the thing about it is this you don't have to do it right <laughs> you're not forced to do it nobody put anyone now, in the nfl draft in chains don't get me wrong are there is there peer pressure for some people on these players in order to get them to the nfl that somebody is on the outside pushing them and motivating them and keeping them going and you could argue that is trying to control them to do something yeah but that's most likely your parents right or like somebody that loves you that's, that's your inner circle that cares about you because you know who's not going to do that shit the owner that's going to hire you right he don't give a fuck right he cares about one thing how good you are on how many games you could win for him in order to make him money and he's willing to give you a sizable amount of that money in order to make that happen right right yeah it's just it the, the whole thing is just absolutely disgusting and and the fact that that nobody is calling it out for that you know nobody is, that is saying yeah that's just absolutely now let me say one more thing though. offensively hyperbolic yeah. now is is the combine probably a dehumanizing experience no it's not hold on hold on hold on i didn't have to go through it i'm sure it's a lot of pressure packed stuff I'm sure that sometimes these people don't treat everybody the nicest in the world. Look, I've got a recent experience with that uh, because my son actually did, uh, when he was playing high school football, he did probably half a dozen uh, college combines, you know, at big schools too, like uh, Duke and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, they do all that. And let me tell you, um, in the car rides home from those events, he was just like pumped, greatest experience ever, you know. And of course, they're measuring you know on everything you can do. Yeah, they're not treating you, know? you any different than they treat the black player. He went to the Nike Combine, and you know all these things. Yeah, he, well, exactly. Yeah, there's absolutely no, there's no racism there whatsoever. It's it's you a, know? here's the thing, and it is the ultimate meritocracy, is what it is. Exactly, and I guarantee you. That there might have been a couple of kids there that are like, ah, I really don't want to do this, but my parents are pressuring me. You know, there might have been some that has nothing to do with. Here's the thing: if it, if you're a black player, then it's your black parents that are pressuring you, not your <laughs> not white parents. Right? Like right. they're not. It's not the other parents going. You got to go in there and push harder. Right. But nobody is forcing you. And I can tell you that the vast majority of these kids, um, and I actually uh, went with some other kids, you know, that that I knew, um, and it, they're just th thrilled to death to be there. And I guarantee. You, that's the same i've never experienced an nfl combine but i guarantee you that's the same exact experience that everyone has and i guarantee you i guarantee you that when colin kaepernick was going through this he did not feel dehumanized he did not feel like that he was excited and thrilled for the opportunity and colin kaepernick made 20 million dollars in the nfl yeah he is one of the richest people in america top one percent probably top 0.1 percent yeah, actually, at that level, um, still getting paid more money now because <laughs> right. here's the thing. It, Netflix wouldn't have hired him if he wasn't a former NFL player. Right. 
Right. So now the thing that is, uh, you know, produced his livelihood, produced his fame and fortune, he's going back against and, you know, acting like he was, you know, put through this horrendous to compare it to slavery. I mean, God, you know, I'm offended by that. And I don't understand why, you know, uh, I would be offended by that whether I was black or white, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it, I don't understand why more people aren't. And I think a lot more people are. They just don't want to say anything about it. Yeah, hold on. Now, now I want to read this. So this was a an article from NBC News in the Culture and Lifestyle section. And it says, Colin Kaepernick's NFL slavery comments on Netflix made waves good. So... He goes, if anyone has earned the right to condemn the NFL's mistreatment of black players, it's Colin Kaepernick. He's no longer mincing words in Colin in Black and White, a Netflix series. He continue, he produced with Academy Award winning filmmaker Ava DuVerry. Kaepernick provocatively likened the NFL draft to slavery. Since the end of the 2016-17 season, the NFL has seemingly blackballed the former San Francisco 49ers cornerback for exercising its constitutional right to take in, to take a knee during the national anthem and protest police brutality and systemic racism. Okay, now there, he's got a legitimate argument. You know, the NFL did actually restrict his free speech rights. Now, we've had this conversation before that they had the right to do it because it's a private private business, you know. it's They can, they can, uh, they can demand certain, um, you know, um, certain policies and procedures from their players just like your employer can say you know give you a dress code or say you can't run around the office shouting fuck you yeah you know what i'm saying but they didn't really look look he made himself toxic and he wasn't that good of a player right well that's the bottom line he won that but it's more but the thing is this though it's more but i supported him in that yeah but there's it has much more to do with that he wasn't a good enough player right. than it was right. even that he would be had a, had a toxic environment. Like, he was creating right. a toxic environment. Because whether you like it or not, it's a toxic environment. Don't get wrong. The toxic environment has now gone the complete other way, and part of that is because of his stand that he took, which Adrian and I will tell you, look, you have every right to... I think you have every right to do it, but the employer also has the right to tell you not to do it. By the way, I actually... And this might change your, your thought on this. Um, I, I didn't correct you earlier, but uh, you said Colin Kaepernick's parents uh, were, were black. They're not. His parents are white. So... Not both of them, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, he was adopted and raised by white parents. So... So maybe that's a problem. You know? That right there. I mean, yeah, of course. If really, if his parents were forcing him into it, that, of course, that's got to be slavery. Uh, yeah. Right. So at any rate, okay, hold on. So, so let's move on. I'm, I, yeah, just. No, 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 no. There's one more point I want to make to okay. this though, and the point I want to make is, is that Colin Kaepernick is was not was not treated badly because he was black. Colin Kaepernick was treated badly. Because he went against the, uh, the, 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 the the current narrative when it comes to, you know, kneeling and stuff like that. And his actions changed the, the, the landscape of not only the NFL, yeah. but of, of many other sports. It changed the discussion. It, came, yeah. it, it changed the discussion. Which is and what I had he respect wanted, for him for that. Which is what he wanted. Yeah. So in a weird way, and look, the first guy over the wall always gets bloody. Just right. the way it is. Yeah. And he was the first guy over the wall. And he got bloody, but he got bloody because he, it wasn't because he was black. It's because he kind of was a dick. And in given every opportunity to actually get back in the NFL, he did everything he could to not get back in the NFL. Right. Because they held a specific combine for him 
to where they invited the teams to get there, and he's the one that like canceled it, moved it somewhere else, right? Acted the fool during it. Again, he has no he has no right to get a job from the NFL. He has zero right to get a job from the NFL. He has an opportunity, and they were looking for every opportunity to let this guy back in because if he's outside yelling about the NFL, there's people that believe what Colin Kaepernick is saying. Well, wait a second. If if his documentary is right, they probably should have just come and captured him and put him in change and dragged him out there to play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then put him in the bunkhouse afterward and fed him gruel. Yeah, just, yeah. Right. I, just, fuck you, Cal, Colin Kaepernick. Go, just go away. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what else we got going on? There's one more thing in here, by the way. So in this article, I want to... I <laughs> We're just, still, hold on. I, I got we one can't more get thing away from this. He goes, don't get it twisted. Kaepernick's slavery comments were meant figuratively. You know what? The video doesn't really show it that way. Yeah. He also that knows that players literal. who choose to work in the NFL, why enslaved people had no such choice. So they're giving him an out in this article. Right. Which... <laughs> But he also clearly believes black players should know what they're getting themselves into. Shouldn't all players know what they're getting themselves right. into? Like, right. why is there the difference even in this article between? So they don't treat black and white players differently, other no. than you at know, all. Like they don't. Your numbers are your fucking numbers, man. Right. Like they're measuring you because of your numbers. They aren't. They don't say okay, black. Okay, white. Okay, black. Okay, white. They don't do that because uh, if you can jump high, you can jump high. If you're tall, you're tall. It, it like the, your skin color doesn't make you better. And I will say this: if there is anything stereotypical about it, is that if you're a white player, you probably have to do a little bit more you do. You do. in order to get on the team. Yeah. Where I think that with black players, it's not the same thing. Right. Now, well, there's certain positions that there's become a bit of a mindset that you know white players can't play when was the last time you saw you know how, how many white running backs do you see these days right not many yeah I mean, so don't get me wrong. there's certain positions now that quarterback seems to get more white but there's a lot of diversity in that now though. yeah that's that's pretty evenly split these days you know but it didn't used to be it didn't used to be yeah you know so but linemen there's a linemen there's probably about a half and a half split there but like short uh, uh strong safeties free safeties like the backfield yeah that's mostly black yeah defensive secondaries you know, yeah. there ain't a whole lot of john lynch's out there no no but uh you know maybe we should just ban black people from the nfl you know, I mean, we don't want to offend anybody. So uh, let's go back to like 1940s football. It's just amazing. It's like it's like if you did this about the NBA, like I just uh, this is where you lose <laughs> people. This it, is where you lose. people. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, there was a whole lot of people agreeing with the whole BLM, uh, you know, but then you do this. And, and here's the thing. Most people would be afraid to come out and say anything against this in public. You know, because of the whole white guilt thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but you know that a lot of people are thinking exactly this, even though they wouldn't dare say it in polite conversation. Yeah. Because it's too easy to, to have it be mis misunderstood and misconstrued and get labeled as a racist and all that. Fortunately, we have zero fear of that. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just because oh, we're not wrong. Well, yeah, but and, you know, that, that doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, we're not racist. Right. Because we think everybody should be treated equally. Right. And the sins of the past are the sins of the past. And we should teach the sins of the past. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I, the thing is this, is that, you know what the problem is? Is that some of some people who are arguing the other side of this really should have listened to what Dr. Martin Luther King was talking about. Right. Like, you really should have. 
because we got there or we're getting there. You're never going to get there all the way until there's aliens. The only way until right. you, like, <laughs> yeah, everybody's got to have somebody to collectively hate. Yeah, right. Right. But the media and guys like Colin Kaepernick are stoking the flames, not trying to engage in a conversation. He's trying to make money off division. Well, here's the thing is, is I do picture a day when, you know, blacks and whites are, are totally on a level playing field and there's there's no racism whatsoever. And and collectively we can come together and, and hate the Jews. You know, um, so. <laughs> okay. I don't want to be I don't want to be on the other side of the Jewish mafia. So let's not fucking talk about that. Fucking anymore. Mossad's coming through that door any minute. Now. Any fucking they're coming. They're coming. To All right, can we move on? We've yeah, spent, yeah, hold on. We spent m- over a half hour on this. Did we really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, OK. All right. The next one's the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. Let's go. Let's get right into this. By oh, way. God. Okay. How, here's my other question. How can a guy be racist when he shot three white people? All three of the guys you shot yeah, were white? they were all white. They weren't black. Well, There's that's racist. There's nobody involved in this fucking scenario on the shooting side or the getting shot side that are black. S- statistically speaking, he should have shot at least one black guy. So well, why was it, why why did why was he not targeting black people? Yeah, and here's the thing. This fucking kid is getting the fuck off. Oh, yeah. And you know why he's getting off? He should. Because it was self-defense. Well, here's the thing. This kid went out there looking for a fight, and he got one. So I have a problem with that part of it. But, you know, that's you a go, different argument. You you go out in a, a fucking riot, fully armed, you know, you're just looking for trouble. However, however, having watched the videos, uh, you know, shit, two of the guys he shot, he was already on his back and they were ar- one of them was armed. Yeah. That he shot. You know what I'm saying? He was already get- two of the three were armed. Two of the one three of them were armed. was armed with a skate. One was armed with a skateboard, right? And one was armed with a gun. And he was getting attacked. And the guy with the gun is the one that didn't die, right? Yeah. And he admitted that he was aiming the gun at uh, Rittenhouse. So yeah, yeah, this, this look, this should have well, look, this should have never been brought up to it, trial. It should have never gone to trial. Yeah, I mean, there absolutely should have been an if investigation, but had, charges should have never been brought. If the defense had any sense of themselves, they would say. Yeah, we're, we have to, you know, we got the, the the prosecution, the, pro, or the, yeah. Yeah, the, the prosecution will, you know, uh, back off whatever, the, whatever the fucking. Proper but here's the thing. They couldn't do that um, just because of the, the circumstances, oh, because of mob pressure. Right. Right. But I, I didn't realize that all three of his victims were white. I, I you know, I just assumed that it, since it was like a, a no, BLM, they thing, were all white. Yeah, they were all white. <laughs> so, Everybody was white in the whole situation. And they're still calling it racist. Yes. They're calling him a white supremacist. Because <laughs> he only shoots white people. But, I mean, I if guess. he was truly fair, he would have shot at least one black guy. I mean, there was some there. There had to have been some there. And wait a second. Did he shoot all men? Yeah. Gender biased. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Fuck one of them, maybe one of them cis, or one of them's, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't Gender know. fluid? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully. Um, because well, One of them was a goddamn fucking child molester. Oh, really? Like, just got out of jail for being a child molester. You know. Like, he... Okay, look. Again, the point that you're making in the beginning about this Rittenhouse thing right. is spot on. Oh, yeah. Look, he... he look, he got into a position to where he was going to protect the business. Yeah. And also, he brought medical gear with him, so he was going to help people as well. Yeah. Look, those, and, and, but those people on the other side were violent people looking to kill him. And in all fairness, I do think that this kid was probably, you know, uh, two days of skipping his medication away from shooting up a school. Do you know what I'm no, saying? I don't think so. Like when I listen to I, his testimony and stuff like that, uh, like I just don't think so. Look, 
here's here's all I know, and maybe this is the 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 wisdom of a half century behind me. But if you go out into a riot with an AR-15, you are looking to shoot somebody. Well, yeah. you better understand what you're getting into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, if you put yourself in that scenario, maybe he was 19, right? 19 he was 17 at the 17 time. 17 at the time. Yeah, at 17, you probably don't understand. But you don't that. need to be out there at 17. Right, exactly. You're too young. Yeah. There's too much of a chance. And he's actually not even supposed to have a, Here's a the thing. rifle it's at that It's too much of a age. chance that, that you're going to get yourself in a vulnerable position where right. you're going to have to do it. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, again, it was self-defense. It was clearly self-defense. There's no way around how self-defense it was. Yeah. Total self-defense. Shouldn't oh, be yeah. on trial right I agree. now. I agree. But at the same time, you can also have two opinions to where one of them is, shouldn't have been there, right. but you do get to kill those motherfuckers. Right. Yeah. Like, like that's just yeah. the way it is. You know, and the one and, and the two aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, it, but like again, I've listened to it. I've listened. And I've listened to the judge, and I really wish that there were more judges like this fucking judge. By the way, well, actually, now there's a move to uh, remove the judge from this trial because he made some quip about Asian food. So they're saying he's racist against Asians. I mean, hey, look, I listened to the clip. <laughs> were any of the victims or the no, perpetrator Asian? No, no one Asian? was Asian. Okay, all right, just he checking. Was, they were bringing in Asian food, which I really don't. So he is look, racist really against refer, Asians, too, because he I didn't shoot re- any Asian, like, Asians. Here's the thing. I don't really think that you refer to Asian food as Asian food. I think maybe his generation, because he's like 70-something years old. Right. I think his generation could do that. He was making a joke about the supply chain. Right, like he wasn't making a joke about Asians. I, well, I didn't it was even, about. I didn't hear chain. the joke. I just read that he's like, hopefully that the, the 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 ports aren't stopping our deliveries from coming in, so we can have our Asian food or something. Or something Chinese? Along did he lines. say Chinese? No, food. he said Asian food. Asian food. Okay. Which again, it's not normally referred to as Asian. It's it's more referred to as Chinese food. Okay. Yeah, but actually, I, I would think that in today's climate, saying Asian food is actually more politically correct than Chinese food. Yeah, I mean, you could make yeah, that argument. You, know? you could make that I, argument. I mean, is it Korean? And he, is had, it Thai? and he had proud you know? to be an American as a ringtone on his phone, and then the phone went off during the Oh, God, that, that's Which an auto. Hold on, I will say this. Fuck you, fucking judge, for having your fucking phone on during court. Because in courts I've been into, they throw fucking people in behind in jail for that. I'm more angry right. that he had his fucking ringtone on than he what played in the ringtone. He should have charged himself with contempt. Yes, yes, he should have fined himself <laughs> yeah. for doing that shit. Bailiff should have put him in jail for 24 hours <laughs> yes, based on yes, that. Because yes. anyone else in the courtroom would probably have that happen. Oh, he would have he would have gone off on him. Yeah. So, yeah. I, like, the judge ain't perfect. And not to mention, I, I think, actually, the fact that he has proud to be an American as a ringtone should disqualify him. Why? Because that is probably the worst song ever written. I mean, I don't I like it anymore. Hate. Hate. Oh no! You mean the Lee the Lee Greenwood? The Lee Greenwood. That is the worst song ever written. If I hear that at any event, it's like, uh, okay, I'm gone, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, I don't like it anymore. No, I never. I, liked I did it. used to like it. it. It's it's oh god, it's the most from the lakes of Minnesota, oh, pandering pathetic to the hills in Tennessee. Proud to be. Well, at least I know I'm free. Where, how the fuck are you free? Oh yeah, well, yeah. That's, oh god, it's a whole that's a whole different ball game right there. Yeah, it's the thought of it though. So there you go. Right. Um, <laughs> just okay. All right. So okay, let's get let's get over this one though with the with the the Kyle Rittenhouse one. Kid's totally getting off though. Yeah, like, I, there's no getting. My money that. would be on acquittal. Yeah. And definitely on the murder charge. The gun charge probably will be a different deal, and he's probably going to get caught on the gun charge. Yeah, I, I think because he uh, the, the the state laws where he was at, he's not allowed to be in possession uh, as a minor, right? Yeah, I think. I think yeah, so he he's probably going to get charged with that. He's going to get a he's going to get a gun crime on him. Yeah, you'll probably get thirty days. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so the next one that we want to discuss is I didn't write this as the title of it, but I wanted I wanted to be like Karma's going to get you eventually, and Karma got Marion Hammer. Now, if you don't know who Marion Hammer is, Marion Hammer is a very long running lobbyist for the NRA right. here in Florida and has had uh, nationally has had well, she was, leadership things She was nationally. former president in the NRA yeah. nationally and and she's been a high ranking member for God, 30 years a long probably time probably more maybe 40 you know Now we don't like the NRA on this show Yeah you and don't we, like them and we no and we personally don't like and, and not for the reasons that most people don't like the NRA Yes, I like I don't like the NRA for the opposite reasons right. than you think I do. And we don't like Marion Hammer because she probably single-handedly has done more to restrict the second amendment in Florida than any democrat could ever do. <laughs> any politician, any any lobbyist, any, you know, protester. Marion Hammer uh, of the NRA has has She just, just she, all she gun does the most. is determine how much rights you have. Yes. Yes. She's not now she's not up there to try to ban them. Right, I don't want to go that far. Well, yeah, she she she's responsible for banning open carry in Florida. Well, she is, but but not banning firearms outright. No. Oh, good for her. No, no, no. <laughs> Yay, NRA. Well, no, no, no. I yeah. just want to make sure that I'm that we're accurately right. explaining it. Yeah. Now, but we we, we both personally have uh, had run-ins with her. Yeah. She and, called and, me. Yeah. <laughs> she called me. Yeah. And she fucking was not happy with me. Right. You know, like who the hell are you to come up here and talk about guns in fucking Tallahassee? Uh, people who actually believe in the Second Amendment. And it That's who we are. Now, it, here's the thing. She 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 has put out po- or, or emails to the entire base of the NRA attacking us while at the same time not mentioning our names. Right. Like and has done this consistently, more than once. Yeah. And because we have come out in and again, the the one instance I can think of the most is when we wrote the when John wrote the piece. Right. That John Hallman. Hallman wrote the piece. That, that legislatively took down the bill that they were supporting. Right. That he, you know, issue by issue, in a clear, in a concise way, using the facts that were going on, right. not name-calling, not no innuendos on it, other right. than this is what this bill does, this Completely is why the analytical, NRA is wrong. It was just, uh, yeah, it was an analysis yeah. of it. And she was so fucking mad about that shit that she put out an email saying, some patriot group who thinks that they can lobby is that bear, you know, taking away your gun rights. Like, and would lie right. about us, openly lie. Yeah. But the only way she's able to get away with it is because she doesn't mention us by name. That's the only way she got away with this shit. Well, Marion Hammer's now been on tape. And if you listen to the tape, she, in here, she talks about how, <laughs> like, how all the gun nuts and the rubes and the hicks. Hillbillies. And hillbillies. She just lambastes the group of people that, <laughs> that, that would, <laughs> that would, that, that actually supports open or guns and the second amendment that actually supports it okay she has disdain for these people all right hang on a second i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna take an angle here that you're not gonna like i actually all. think you're gonna i think i think i know where you're gonna go yeah um she what she was saying and this was uh recordings that were made in the wake of the columbine massacre okay and what she was saying is they were about to have a, a big event uh, with a whole bunch of people there, and of course the media was all coming because you know after Columbine happened, everybody the media is like, oh well, let's go attack the NRA, um, and so they're talking about 
how to handle this influx of media at this upcoming event. And I have to say, as much as I despise Marianne Hammer, and I think you know she's done so much harm to our Second Amendment rights, I, I can't fault her for this one. Uh, because here's the thing, buddy. You and I <laughs> have had almost identical discussions about that regarding the Libertarian Party. We have had the same type of discussion She's saying it, we get the media in here and we're going to have all these, you know, our, our fringe elements. We're going to have the, you know, hooting and hollering hillbillies and people are, you know, who are saying, well, you know, the, the, the shooters have the right to go into a school and shoot. It. You know what I'm saying? And she's saying we can't have that. And I got to tell you, I, I've had you and I have had that same discussion about libertarian events. You know, you and I have had that same discussion, uh, you know, specifically in events that we were planning and inviting the media to. And, you know, you're trying to manage that perception. I mean, how many times have we talked about, you know, uh, Libertarian National Conventions, for example, when, uh, you know, you, you got uh, a fat guy taking off his uh, clothes and dancing on stage and you got Starchild, as much as I love Starchild, uh, you got him, you know, flittering around in an angel outfit and a thong. You know, it's it's I can't falter for this. I it, For me to falter for this would be totally hypocritical. So I'm not going to do it. OK, hold on here. Here's my problem with what you're saying. OK, while in a weird kind of way, I understand what you're saying. And right. I don't disagree with you in this weird kind of way. It comes into the defining of what Marion Hammer's talking about in order to realize that I don't think that we have the hypocrisy that she has. And the reason why is this. She doesn't want anybody that's off of message. And anyone off of message is a fucking wacko. To where you can have an honest policy disagreement and voice that disagreement. And Marion Hammer is going to call you a wacko in order to discredit what you're saying. So her use of the term wacko is not the same way as you would define wacko. It's I I honestly think you're splitting hairs there. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Here's the other no, no, here's the other thing. We are very upfront and transparent about those kinds of issues. We you wouldn't have to wait for a recorded conversation. We'd set it to everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, it, that is true. We'd be open up, up front about it. Uh but I I guarantee you that there's tapes out there uh, if they still exist of you know meetings i presided over where conversations were very similar where you know we got the media coming we want to manage our perception how are we going to do it you know we we don't want the media over there talking to the guy who uh you know wants to tell everybody the earth is flat and the chemtrails are going to kill us all you know yeah, but you but even even in explaining it right now you're being very specific you're not just generalizing now don't get me wrong you probably did generalize at certain points right but the difference there is like Okay, hold on. Let me, let me, let me. I'm going to read the quote. I'm going to read the quote. If you pull down the exhibit hall, that's not going to leave anything for the media except the members' meeting. And you're going to have the wackos with all kinds of crazy resolutions, uh, with all kinds of dressing like a bunch of hillbillies and idiots. Right. And, and, and it's gonna, it's gonna be the worst thing you can imagine. It sounds like an LPF convention. (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore. Not anymore. Well, not anymore, anymore, but back in the day. You know, so I just I, look, <laughs> I like it when it, when I mean, it comes out. Hang, though, hang on that, a second. In all fairness, we're the guys who had uh, JWS escor- escorted out of a convention by police. Yeah. 
Well, he was being violent, so. Yeah, hold on. Exactly. And if anybody there is being violent, then those people should be well, thrown out, right, too. Well, right, but you still, I I, <laughs> I would have liked to have Again, had, the, yeah. the thing is this, and I, look. And I'm I, just saying, I, I, I have a hard time condemning her for this just because I, I feel like I would be a hypocrite. Because every organization has their fringe element, and every organization wants to present their best face, and they don't want... Uh, they're they're you know crazy fringe uh, exposed to to the public because then they get labeled as that, you know. Yeah. I mean, shit. I I scuttled a party over fucking uh, you know a, a Nazi because I didn't want to be associated with him. Yeah. Well, you good, know, it was a good move at the end of the day. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was actually a good move. It's in a weird way. Right. And it wasn't maybe what you intended to be. But well, it actually ended up being a. Good I don't move. want to go into that. I'm just making a point. Yeah. That you know I. I as much as I despise Marion Hammer, I cannot falter for this one because she's not wrong, and that's that's what anyone who leads an organization is going to do. I'm still going to call her out. Yeah, so. And she deserves it, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. No matter the reason, any type of scrutiny and anything that causes her to, uh, you know, be diminished in any way, she absolutely deserves it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Maybe absolutely. not for this, but there's plenty that she does deserve it for. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So let's move Let's move on. And I want to get into the Pfizer CEO one. We might as well get here next. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Speaking we of, got so much, and, and we like hardly hit on anything. It's weird that we got, but we have some good things to talk about as well. So Pfizer CEO says people who spread misinformation on COVID vaccine are criminals. So people who, and he said, criminals that have cost millions of lives. Those people are criminals, he told Atlantic Atlantic Council CEO Frederick Cape. They're not bad people. They're criminals because they've literally cost millions of lives. Now, so that's the only part about that that needs to be said in order to bring up the second yeah, story. Yeah, he, he's talking about people who are, um, you know, refusing to get the vaccine or skeptical of vaccine. He's, or telling people not to or, get the vaccine. Yeah, or, yeah, cause exactly. Because they've had personal side effects. Yeah. If you've had personal reaction that's been bad. Right. And you've said it publicly. Right. He thinks not only should you have had the bad reaction. You should be in jail. Right, right. And uh, literally the same day, let me see if it's the same day. Uh, no, one day, one day after that article came out, another article came out uh, that said uh, uh, Australia's leading medical journal uh, came out and uh, said that Pfizer actually falsified data on the adverse effects from their vaccine. <laughs> this hold on the irony here is so deep you have to use a shovel to oh, dig it, that shit up that's not even irony that is just pure evil you know when the ceo of pfizer is calling people who um you know are, are skeptical about the vaccine or worried about the adverse reactions criminals for for not getting the vaccine and telling people not to vet, take the vaccine and then literally one day later uh, here i'll read this uh, Australia's medicines regulator has sought additional information from Pfizer after an investigation by the British Medical Journal alleges serious issues with a small number of vaccine t- uh, of its small number of vaccine safety trials, including claims of falsified data and slowness following up on adverse reactions. Uh, the uh, yeah, it goes into more detail, but uh, according to Brooke Jackson, a former regional director at uh, Ventavia, the company falsified data unblinded patients employed inadequately trained vaccinators and was slow to follow up on adverse events <laughs> by hold on they falsified by, data by his own statements he should be arrested oh no he shouldn't 
He shouldn't because he lied to get people to get vaccinated. Uh, so he's a good guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. So and, and, and that's the mindset. And the bottom line is uh, Pfizer stock is up about 80 percent since uh, 2019. Yeah. So these fucking people man. who's the criminal yeah. and that's why i wrote who's the criminal here and 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 following uh you know in in the uh C- pfizer ceo's uh, footsteps uh california governor gavin newsom oh yeah yeah so gavin newsom uh went two weeks without being seen in public at all and uh canceled all his events and his uh, appointments and Immediate, public appearances immediately following his booster shot immediately following his booster shot and he told everybody that, uh, yeah, he just wanted to spend some time with his family. Well, it turns out that uh, sources close to him uh, are saying that, yeah, he had a severe adverse reaction to the vaccine yeah. booster. And he had to be out of the public eye. And now he's lying about it. You know, and again, folks, listen to me. It, the vaccine, I've done, well, based on the, now I might have to recalculate this because um, that was based on the actual release data. Now that we know that that some of the pharmaceutical companies are actually falsifying the adverse reaction data, uh, maybe the vaccine is slightly more dangerous than COVID at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, but even based on the numbers that, uh, you know, comes out of the VARES database, it's, it's about a coin toss. Uh, unless you're extremely elderly or have, uh, you know, uh, comorbidities. If you're Basically, in your 70s you're, or above or yeah. you have some comorbidities, I would say, yeah, the odds of you being better by taking the vaccine, it's, it's better for you to take the vaccine than not. Yeah, I would say if you're over 70, it's probably a better idea to take the vaccine. If you're under 70, um, according to the original data, it was probably a coin toss. And if you're under like 40. Uh, then absolutely you you don't need it um but uh yeah it's uh you know now uh with uh you know <laughs> pfizer lying about it and now uh that we learn that johnson and johnson actually was responsible for creating it in the first place at least partially responsible yep. uh you know how do you believe anything these people say well which is also st- why trust is at all-time low I, and i'm still in the camp that you know eh, vaccines it's still maybe coin toss range you know, but for certain yeah, ones, yeah, yeah, for certain ones. But well, for there's certain vaccines that there's no doubt about. I mean, let's talk about smallpox and polio. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. No doubt, those were good ideas. But I'm talking about specifically for you know the COVID situation. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it's just mind-boggling how how much we're being lied to, and how much information is being suppressed from us, and how much that someone even as high ranking as the governor of california is willing to lie to protect the pharmaceutical interests no no and they're always willing to do that because they're willing to protect their leaders because there's another one that you put in here a communist leader was served gold flex steak the video (laughs) the video of it has vanished (laughs) so and again it's weird that this is what we're going to get into but this is what happens like yeah if you want to talk about like rules for thee but not for thee for me this is a total thing. A top Communist Party leader from Vietnam was in London last week visiting the grave of Karl Marx, the philosopher <laughs> awesome. who's writing champion the proletariat fight to topple the ruling moneyed class. While there, the official, General To Lam, also ate a steak covered in 24-karat gold flakes at a restaurant owned by the social media star and restaurateur known as Salt Bay. According to a video that the chef posted online but that swiftly disappeared (laughs) okay and again the the irony and hypocrisy in this are are just delicious to me so you have a an extremely high-ranking vietnamese communist party member going to london 
to visit the grave of Karl Marx, the father of communism, and afterwards he's going to go have a gold-plated steak. (laughs) And it was probably, you know, a $1,000 dinner bill, because I'm betting he washed it down with a, you know, a fine bottle of 1968 Bordeaux. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Unbelievable! Like uh, these people, man, and and this is look, and this is nothing about communism. Though communism is the worst example of it. This is about all power. Yes, this is about any time people get power, um, they will it, it, take it full advantage of it, and they will um, essentially use it against you to benefit themselves. You know, it's really what it boils down to. And, I, and I'm talking about any type of power. Well, and that dude thinks he's justified. Right. Yeah. And if someone points it out, uh, they don't change their behavior. They shut you down. Yes. They go after you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why this video has disappeared. Yeah, the video is gone. No one can find it anymore, even though a whole lot of people saw it before it disappeared. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure the, the restaurateur there, Salt Bay. Who the hell is Salt Bay? Yeah. Well, oh, hold on. But the short-lived video of it incited anger in Vietnam where it appeared to undermine the egalitarian image of the image the communist party has studiously cultivated now listen to that though right like listen to that so it's all been a lie they know it's been a lie but they've worked really hard to hide the truth from you right you plebes over in freaking wherever you where where was the guy from Vietnam yeah yeah like again you (laughs) (laughs) right right you get the government you want, and you get it good and hard, and you should get it good and hard. And until you guys can figure out that, you know, capitalism and the free markets and voluntary exchange and association is the best thing that we can do. It's not perfection. It's not. Uh, it's not a panacea. You're still going to have inequality in the world, but you're going to have a lot more freedom and a lot more equality if you just let people live their freaking lives themselves. And the first and stay th- off their lawn. <laughs> yeah, and the first step to that is, uh, you know, doing everything you can to. Uh, take power away from those who have it, and yeah. I, and I'm not talking. You know, I'm t- I'm talking about communists. I'm talking about socialists. I'm talking about fascists. I'm talking about corporatists. Uh, you know, I'm I'm talking about the the uh, you know uh, global monetary structure. Everything you can do to take power away from them and take some of it back for yourself, uh, you should do, and uh, do everything you can to promote anarchy. And stop giving a shit what your what your neighbors do. If it ain't messing with you, then don't then shut up shut up about it. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Quit asking other people to intervene against others on your behalf. Yes. Yeah. Just stop doing that altogether. That would be a good idea. Because here's what you'll find. If, if we if we actually create that vacuum where there are no monolithic global corporations and in collusion with monolithic uh, governments, uh, you will find that the world becomes a very, very messy and a very, very free place. Yes. And I will take the messy along with it to have the freedom but the thing about it is this it's never not messy right oh yeah no matter what it's going to be messy oh it's going to be messy it just needs to be more free but it's the world is messy now it's just a different kind of messy it's a controlled messy on purpose and a whole lot of people are benefiting from you and you can't fix it right right well you can it just uh no no you know how you fix it don't let them have control over it and let it fix itself a solar flare or a solar geomagnetic storm big one Big one, big one. So uh, we're uh, we're at the end of the really? show. Really? No, you don't. You, you, you just stop. <laughs> just stop. There's uh, a lot more to get to. We have well, so much more to get have, to. I have one to get to about what happened to me this week as well, but I'm saving that for the second hour. Okay. Involving a hoarder 
and the COVID vaccine. Um, so that's always one thing to do. We talk about private's always better. Uh, the war games that China's playing. More pussy for the old men. Right. One, right? Yeah, that's uh, a good New one. ways that the media's ignoring libertarians. Another reason we should love Tampa. And we don't have a revenue problem. We'll right. So uh, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up, become a subscriber, and we'll see you on the other side.